Hello, and welcome to another edition of the What is Global Health podcast. The topic for today will be the Go Viral study. The Go Viral study is a community participatory research study that was initiated in 2013. It aims to map, monitor, and measure the spread of acute respiratory infections within and across communities using a novel participatory disease surveillance strategy. Their strategy entails having community members sign up for the study online, request a kit, and then self-collect a fluid specimen whenever they fall sick. The study participants can send their kits to a lab where they perform a PCR respiratory assay to assess which viruses are present in the specimens. The ability to monitor the spread of these infections in the community is a novel and potentially revolutionary approach to disease surveillance because there's not much community data on this. The study allows us to gain a more comprehensive understanding of disease burden outside of data that is limited or confined to clinical data. Given their recent success, they are also planning on expanding GoViral to at least two other cities, Huge Janeiro in Brazil and Istanbul in Turkey. Today, we are lucky to be joined by Professor Rumi Chunara, who is the principal investigator for this study and is based at the NYU College of Global Health and NYU Tandon School of Engineering, as well as Sophia Asanuddin, a research associate at NYU Tandon School of Engineering. They will tell us more about their fascinating study. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Ricardo. Hi, how are you? Good. It's nice to uh, speak with you. Yes, it is. This is Rumi and Sophia. Uh, hi, hi, Ricardo. This is Sophia. Hi, nice to, well, not meet you, but speak to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It would have been great if we could meet in person, but this is equally fine. And thank you so much for your responsiveness and your enthusiasm to learn about GoViral. No, of course. I think it's a great project, and I'm excited to, um, to make a podcast about it. Um, so unless you guys have any questions, we can start. You tell us more about what the GoViral study platform is um, and what you've done with it so far. Okay, great. So the GoViral uh, study, it's, uh, it's one of the projects in our group, and just to give a little bit of context, our research group looks at new data sources to better understand population-level public health. And so one of these topics um, that's of great interest is uh, influenza and acute respiratory infections because, of course, they happen every year. They affect a lot of people, uh, and even if we don't have severe enough illness to go into a physician, we still get affected by it, have to stay home from work or miss school. And this means that a lot of information about who gets sick is not actually uh, being captured by uh, regular hospitals and physician-type systems. So it's a great place for us to harness kind of internet and mobile connectivity to uh, and working right with the community. So Go Viral is a community-based study in which we ask members of the community to tell us how they're feeling about what, what types of symptoms they have on a weekly basis. Very simple list of symptoms, things like fever, cough, runny nose, sore throat, things that might indicate you have a cold or a flu. And for anyone who's signed up, we also in the mail send them a little flu a specimen collection kit. So if you do get sick, you do an easy-to-collect nasal swab uh, from your own home and just mail it back to us uh, and uh, that way we're able to see not just how people are feeling but also what types of viruses are going around in our city. And was it easy to get members of the community to cooperate? Did you have a very um, expansive um, participation rate? Yeah, so we have been running the study for a couple of years and what we found is that it's it's very easy for people to do once they've signed up. 
they report that it doesn't take very long and they don't have any major challenges with, you know, telling us how they feel or even collecting their specimen at home. Even when people are sick, they manage to do it, which was a good, um, a good result for us. The, definitely a challenge is getting more people involved because the more people involved, it means the better our results are. We have more data and we can conclude with better significance. So we try and really work with the communities in different, different ways uh, to just increase awareness. And hopefully participation also helps people understand a little bit more about getting uh, infections and viruses and, uh, and public health. And like you said, the Go Viral platform allows you to access a populational group that was previously ignored because when you, when you have a, a mild flu or mild influenza, you wouldn't go to a physician. So having this platform, how has that allowed you to make discoveries that were previously unknown? What new things have you discovered so far? Yeah, that's a great question. You're right, exactly. We found that about 80% of people consistently year to year who do get sick and send us a specimen don't go in to see a doctor or go to a hospital. So most of the data we're collecting is not being captured any other way. So this means we can look at things like what proportion of viruses are happening just in the city. And if you go to our website, you can see a nice visualization of what we've found so far. So what proportion of viruses in the community were coronavirus or rhinovirus or influenza? And that kind of measurement hasn't happened across the city in the same way. We can also, because we're collecting data from individuals, um, we can link what kinds of symptoms or demographics are related um, to the different viruses. So we can start looking at kind of how those things might synergize or risk groups that, again, we wouldn't be able to tell otherwise. Mm -hmm. And to add on to what Rumi said, um, you know, Go Viral was initiated back in 2013, but since, you know, since it was first initiated, we found that 53.5% of people tested positive for a virus. Um, and again, if you go to our website, you'll be able to see the distribution of these viruses according to zip code. Um, and, you know, one of, one of the objectives of the study is to, is to uh, try to um, visualize the data um, on a geospatio-temporal map. That's amazing. And it's also amazing how you were able to apply technology that was not necessarily used for medicine to tap into a group of people that maybe not have, might not have, have access to medicine or to information that medicine itself um, doesn't have access to. What do you think is the role of such platforms and such technology in the realm of global health and in fighting not only um, the spread of viruses, like you said, but in developing an approach to medicine that's maybe more personalized and directly accessible by the general public? Yeah, definitely there's many ways this can actually help us in kind of improving public health on a personal level and beyond. One of them is just kind of in terms of garnering that data, right? Like we already talked about how we can get data that's linked, uh, links virus types to the phenotype or a lot of type of information that perhaps was more disparate or not all collected together earlier. We can reach more people. Uh, maybe those cases that didn't get reported to hospital or, or weren't possible to get there. And then also one nice thing, and we've kind of learned anecdotally from our participants, is that they do like to participate. It helps feeling like uh, you're participating in the community, kind of uh, doing your part in public health. And so just by 
doing something on your own in your home, hopefully it can help people raise awareness about public health topics such as viruses, vaccination, infection, and the importance of our own behaviors on what happens in the population and, and disease spread. That is a very interesting point because lately we've seen a very large gap between the scientific and medical community and the general public, leading to such controversies as, for example, the measles outbreak in California when members of the community don't really trust doctors telling them that vaccines work. Do you think that platforms such as these um, that, like you said, target um, participants in a very personal level and in a very accessible way um, are ways that science can become more democratic? and more accessible to the general public and maybe more marginalized communities? Oh, certainly. I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, parsing through data that's available uh, on the Internet or through mobile sources offers a more democratized and accessible um, means of communication between um, uh, uh, physicians and, and public health professionals and the community members. Um, it's a way of crowdsourcing health data and making the campaign of public health campaigns um, much more understandable and relatable. You said you were very well received by the community, but did you receive um, any resistance from the scientific and the medical community in the sense that because this is crowdsourced, maybe there are issues about the credibility and the participation and the assiduity of participants? Were your results well received in the scientific community? Yes. Because we use gold standard laboratory methods to process all the specimens, it's, uh, that provides some confidence in terms of what we're actually measuring. I think from the scientific hat and what would be the commentary from that side has been, you know, we are aware of it as well that we want to make sure how do we interpret the data that we receive, right? Because if, uh, for example, someone doesn't send in a specimen, it may be because they were sick or maybe because they just forgot to use the kit. And so we also have to be very careful in understanding what our data represents and that way we can make more inferences from it. And we, we're learning about that through surveys, uh, qualitative uh, information with our participants and uh, that hopefully we'll be able to close the loop on, on everything there. Hmm. Very interesting. On the note of like you said, go viral, being so able to reach out to the community. You have recent plans to expand to other cities like Rio de Janeiro and Istanbul. Could you speak more about those plans? Uh, so we recently partnered up uh, with the Medisub International Consortium at Well Cornell Medicine um, to really capture um, what's going on in our cities and within the people living in those cities. So Metasub is um, completely dedicated to mapping the urban genome or mapping the, the microbiome of the urban built environment. Go Viral, on the other hand, is, um, it, well, our primary objective is mapping um, the spread of acute respiratory infections like the flu within these urban environments. So um, this past summer, we, plan we were uh, planning on expanding to Rio de Janeiro and Istanbul because these were two cities within Medisub um, that consented to uh, start up Go Viral in their respective cities. And it's really quite interesting in terms of uh, the, the research questions that, that we can delve into uh, in those cities. Um, for Istanbul, the, the professor that we're working with over there 
uh, is very interested, has a lot of experience uh, with uh, uh, exploring antimicrobial resistance markers um, in clinical data, and he wants to explore that in the community data, which uh, correlates perfectly with uh, the work that we're doing in GoViral. And Rio, um, we, they're interested in looking at Zika virus and how they can capture it within the community members as well as in um, the environment, like the physical environment around them. And even though you're working with different research questions, do you foresee any other issues that GoViral might face when they're dealing with a different community, maybe a different culture, a population that doesn't have the same um, scientific upbringing or access to technology as um, residents in an American city would have? Yeah, that's a great concept to be cognizant of, and I think Consistently, a large part of our effort, it's, you know, it's scientific, it's public health motivated, but there, because of sheer nature of it, working with people in the community, education is a very strong component, and we're obligated to, you know, inform our people who participate and let them know what's happening and, and also use that as an opportunity to educate. And so I think doing that in a manner that's, you know, sensitive to different communities and what their needs are will be key as we as we start working with different groups. And one of the challenges, I think, of uh, conducting a study of this nature is uh, basically capturing um, a representative and more diverse sample. Um, here in New York, uh, well, in, in previous seasons, the, there, there was a disproportionate number of white participants. And this season, we want to diversify our sample so that there are more minorities present, there are more African Americans, Hispanics, Asian Americans who are represented in this sample. So we expect and anticipate that a similar challenge will be faced when we expand to these other sites. Um, and, and like you mentioned, um, access to knowledge and access to um, public health data may be a concern, but um, education and outreach um, is, is a very big, is a very big uh, part of the study. And, and what are the concrete steps that the platform is taking to, like you said, access these more marginalized communities that previously didn't have such a high participation rate? Because, like you said, it requires a... a scientific literacy, maybe access technology, a sense of, of, a, of a community-based approach as well. So are there any concrete steps that you found were effective in getting these people that previously weren't participating to participate more? Well, we're, doing, we're actually spearheading a number of different outreach efforts. So one of, one of the, the strategies that we've come up with that we're, we're finding is effective is uh, reaching out to college campuses like uh, the City University of New York, uh, which, where, there are, where there is a very uh, large and diverse uh, population attending these, these college campuses. Um, we've also found uh, reaching out to podcasts and a number of different news sources um, that we also found that to be quite effective as well. Yes, great. Um, and do you think that by accessing um, such a large amount of people, that there's a, there's a second benefit, not only in collecting more information, but raising awareness of the participants themselves about the spread of diseases, certain health risks, and certain cautions that they should take to prevent the spread of diseases? Do you think GoViral um, also functions as a platform to disseminate information surrounding global health and not only collecting it? Oh, certainly. Like on our on our Facebook and our Twitter pages, we regularly post 
uh, updates about um, like ep about epidemiology or, or public health, and and sometimes we'll post articles about Zika virus. And we one of our side objectives is to improve. Um, literacy in the community about these various public health initiatives so that people don't feel frightened or um, scared of anything that's related to their own health and that their community's health. Mm, wonderful. And what do you think that your experience working with this platform that has been very successful in employing technology and different tactics to produce such a wonderful result, what do you think this says about the future of global health um, in general? and how technology and community-based approaches can be um, pursued, not only to develop better science, but also to eventually deliver better health care um, to specific communities. It's a great thought to be cognizant of, and I think we've kind of shown that there are, there are specific parts about health for the population and the individual that we can, we can improve on our, uh, how we understand them using new technologies as well as increasing the scientific literacy in the community and bridging that potential divide between, you know, scientists and the community. So given that technology, different types and tools and accessibility is increasing at such a rapid rate, I think we'll probably see a lot of parallels in other areas, specifically in health, to, to also further improve these initial steps uh, in, the, in the near future. Great. That's very exciting moment in science to be a part of. And if any of our listeners are interested in participating in the study, um, what steps should they take in order to um, help collect information for the Go Viral studies? Well, I think if anyone is interested in uh, participating in the study, they should come and visit our website, www.goviralstudy.com, and they should automatically sign up. It's a very easy sign-up process. Um, and uh, it's uh, we also have an iPhone app. I just wanted to add that in. So it's Go Viral Study uh, for iPhone right now. We're working on one for Android. Shall I just add in a little bit uh, of the process? If you sign up for our um, study in the New York City area, you can request a kit. So you keep that, keep that at home with you in, in your dorm room or uh, home. And if you ever get sick during the season, you can use it. And you'll also uh, be gently reminded by us of just asking how you feel with some, uh, like, 30-second uh, symptom surveys. So that's, that's basically what's involved in participating. And we're also, for, for this season, uh, we're only focusing, here in New York City at least, we're only focusing on, um, you know, generating specimens from the New York City region. Um, we get a specimen kit requests. Uh, from all over the United States, but um, unfortunately we can't uh, send kits out to them because uh, we want to uh, create a, a comparison between some of the clinical data um, that uh, we're working on with um, Jeff Shaman's group at Columbia University. Great. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll have a lot more participants soon. I think it was a great set of questions. Yeah, great. thank then, you. Of course. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for your wonderful work. Thank you so okay. much. Bye. You too. Bye, Bye. Ricardo.